Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Welcome to Eyes on Isles, our third episode. Oh, it feels good to be back together, Matt. You've been gone. You were gone last week. You left me alone in the second episode, only the second episode, and I was alone. Thank God for Sean Tierney coming in and doing some deep dive analysis of the Islanders. Uh, before I, I let you speak, Matt, I'm just going to preface that I, I am fighting off a cold, and I may or may not cough off microphone. Just just a fair warning. That is a fair warning, especially for headphone users. But, Mitch, I am beyond excited to be back. I had a nice four days gallivanting in the Catskill Mountains, but I am ready to now talk some New York Islanders with you as we move forward to the fall. So on the microphone, you have... Myself, Mitch Anderson, expert over at Eyes on Isles, and you have my co-expert. Introduce yourself, my friend. Matt O'Leary. Ah, it's good. And we work for Eyes on Isles, a fan blog that does everything New York Islanders. Anything you want to know, rumors, speculations, game reports, post-game reports, talking about games, talking about anything New York Islanders, you'll find it there on eyesonisles.com. This week on Eyes on Isles, on Eyes on Isles, it's hard to say a lot at once, um, it's Rookie Week, where we go over everything rookie-related. Um, the biggest rookie fails, uh, can Joshua's hang be as good as we all think he can be? Well, who's playing in the Isles rookie camp? We're going to go over all that, not only on the website, but here in the podcast today. Um, but the, the first thing we should we should maybe get to Matt is is, is the the, the t- I'm rubbing my fingers together not only because I'm a yes. little cold in my basement but it's the, the Matt Duchesne rumors are back they They're are back baby they are back and with vengeance Matt Duchesne did not show up so everyone now is thinking does he want does he want out of Colorado is he going out of Colorado Mitch I am 100 percent back in. On the Matthew Shane to the New York Islanders rumors. Oh, I, I I've never left. I know I know you <laughs> gave up and your hashtag give up on Matthew Shane trade. 
I, I've I've never left. I, I I held I held on to faith, and faith is repaying me. So Matt Duchesne, like you said, did not show up for the Colorado Avalanche pre-training camp. Big whoop, right? <laughs> he doesn't have to. It's not mandatory. The team isn't forcing him to go. It's just in the Avalanche culture, it's assumed that leadership, which Matt Duchesne forms a part of with the A on, on his shirt, would be there to usher in not only the rookies, but the rest of the team and start the season off properly as an organization. And he said, nah, I'm going to stay in Toronto. I'm good. It's almost like when your boss suggests you should come in early tomorrow to do some work. He doesn't say you have to. He just says it might be nice if you come in early. It's kind mm-hmm. of the same, same thing, right? Absolutely the exact same thing, 100%. You're not paid to do that that training course, but you really should because if you don't, you're probably not going to have a good time next week. That's what this is. He didn't show up to something that, again, isn't mandatory, but is strongly recommended that he, that he do. Yes. Um, and and it, for a while it was, where is he? Um, turns out, according to his agent, Pat Brisson, which you may remember is also John Tavares' agent, uh, essentially indicated that he's out in Toronto doing his own thing. He's skating on his own in Toronto. Well, if he's skating, why isn't he? Why isn't he with the team in Colorado <laughs> doing that? So that's where all this speculation comes from. It's it's not off base to think this guy doesn't want to be in Colorado at all. He wants nothing to do with Colorado right now. No, this is this is beyond clear. I mean, he he didn't come out and say it. But you can tell that he is not happy with the Colorado situation. He wants out of there like nobody's business. And I can't blame him because of how his general manager has dealt with him for the last year or so. He's been uh, talked about being traded for over a year now, no? I would say so, yeah. It it wasn't just because or since the trade deadline. It's been at least since last season that he's been on, on our radar knowing that we could probably trade to get him, ours being the Islanders trade to get him and he's been I think officially I'm going to use air quotes here on the trade block at least since before the trade deadline that's a long time mm-hmm. and like officially being shopped right like you're you are no longer wanted here we are trying to get you out of here that wears on a spirit that wears on someone's emotions and, and while some players can take it others can't according to rumors uh, Kyrie Irving you know, was trade was was once invoked in a trade rumor, and that was it for him. He's like, you know what, I'm out, done. Give me to another team, and sure enough, this happened. Like the, the big thing here for 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 this Matt Duchesne one specifically is that we don't see this a lot in the NHL. We see players hold out, like the Jonathan Drouin, Drouin, Drouin. We've seen Jacob Truba hold out, and we've seen PK Subban and. Um, Jamie Ben hold out, but this is all of those are based off contracts or different situations. Jonathan Drouin was sent down to the AHL. He didn't want to go play the AHL anymore, so he said, "Get me out of here." Jacob Truba was at the end of his contract and said, "I don't want to be in Winnipeg anymore." He signed anyways, you know, a nice three million dollar per year deal. But again, he was at the end of his deal. Matt Duchesne still has two years to go. This isn't about money. This isn't about contract. He just doesn't want to be there anymore. I I don't know what Sakic is doing. We've said that a million times. <laughs> Nobody Everyone does. wants to know. Um but I I we 
said it a million times. We we don't think that he is going to be in Colorado long term. So this is just another feather in the cap of those who believe that he's going to be traded. Yeah. Uh, interesting note here. I, I'm just reading over Frank Cervelli's post on on the topic where he spoke to Gabriel Landeskog and he, and he did a run-through. And there's this little paragraph that's just kind of sticking out to me right here. It says, There certainly hasn't been a lack of interest expressed in Duchesne. Nashville, Columbus, Montreal, Boston, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Calgary have been linked to him in rumors over the last eight months. None have pulled uh, the trigger. He's what? forgetting a big one. The Islanders have been after him for... How long? And I know we cover the Islanders, so we see it on a day-to-day basis, but what is? why would he... Calgary? Where did Calgary come from? Carolina? Really? I, I heard Montreal, I heard Pittsburgh, and I heard Columbus, and I heard Nashville. Boston? Okay, sure, I could see how that might work out. Carolina? Sure, I could see they would want him, but I haven't heard of them. Calgary, where did that... I've never heard of the, the Calgary expressing interest in Matt Duchesne. And of course, it's not to say they wouldn't want him. Who wouldn't want Matt Duchesne except for Colorado for some reason? They, he's a great player to have. He's a perfect second-line center. He can score 30 points. He can get, uh, sorry, 30 goals. He can get 70 points. He can get you like 65% face-off wins, which I know isn't the most important thing in the world, but it's still something. Yeah, I... This, I'm almost at a loss for words at this point because it just seems like the writing is on the wall that he does not want to be there. Sackick knows it, but he's like, I don't want to budge off my asking price. It's like mm. the guy who's trying to sell his old clunker of a car but has it posted <laughs> up for way over market value on Craigslist, and you're like, I will give you 2500 for it right now, and he's not budging off. Of four grand. That's the exact analogy I can come up with. That is a perfect analogy because that's. I I was going to go to that saying you think he's going to dilute his offer. Um, I was going to ask you that facetiously, knowing that I don't believe he will, and clearly we think alike here that he's not going to budge from that. What like top pairing under twenty three defenseman, prospect of some like an A level prospect, a first round pick, and even maybe a goalie at some point that was thrown in. Like he's not going to waver from that. Well, you kind of ha- kind of have to because you're 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 not only talking about a guy that carries a significant cap hit, had a terrible year last season. Sure enough, was on a terrible team, but they've been terrible for a couple of years now. Um, and now he wants to leave. <laughs> you can't get all of those things and these three things: the leaving, the terrible year, and the six million dollars for two years hanging over your head and say, "I want full price." That doesn't. What that's not what gets you full price. No. And look at what the trade market has recently. Look at what Washington got in return for Johansson. I mean, they're not they're not getting king's ransoms for these guys. You got to back off a little bit, you would think. Yeah. Well, you know, Dwayne got not a king's ransom, but he got a really good return out of Mikhail Sergachev. Um, again, a level defensive prospect. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Colorado. Montreal was ready to do the deal, and you didn't want to dance. Although, I don't know. Montreal sells a ton of cap space. I think they could have fit it in. You know, maybe move a little bit here and there. I'm going to bring it up as I say it. I want to to make sure that I got this right and we don't get pelters online for it. Uh, After the Carey Price deal, they still have $8.4 million on the cap in Montreal. Like, this could have been done in Montreal, and they could have got their A-level prospect. They probably even could have negotiated for a goalie in Charlie Lindgren and definitely got maybe a a first-round pick for him. But no, here he is 
still holding that $6 million, and he's still in Colorado, and he doesn't want to be there. Oh, Wild. Yeah. I, I, don't, like, I don't even want to speculate as far as like what the Islanders can give to get him. We've done that for eight months now, and yeah. it clearly isn't working. At this point, it's kind of like maybe that's why Cervelli didn't include us because maybe he knows that Gar Snow's like, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not even going to call him. I, dude, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to both of us. Uh, but do what does make sense. If you ever read Eyes on Isles' website, you might confuse us for a Josh Hosang propaganda page. But <laughs> Fairly, to be fair, yes. I saw that you wrote Josh Hosang's name for a Calder conversation. Would you oh, yeah. like to explain that? Okay, fair enough. All right, so Josh Hosang for a Calder. Right away, you're going like, well, why? Like, come on. Like, Austin Matthews won it last year. Is Joshua saying really at Austin Matthews level? It's not about that. It's about how good he's going to be in the year where he is a rookie, where he completes his first year of professional experience. And next year, just looking at the field at this point, you have Hosang, Barzal, Nico Hischier, and Nolan Patrick. Those are the big names. Another rookie might come out and do do something crazy, but like these are the names you're kind of looking at to, that should be in the Calder conversation. Well, why am I putting Joshua Sang in there? Well, if you look at last year, he had 10 points in 21 games. If you average that out, that's a, a point every 0.47, 0.48 games. You extract that over the length of a season, and we're looking at 39 points. So we're thinking at a 40-point player, assuming he's as good as he was last season. Not any better, not any worse. To win the Calder in the last five years, a forward had to score between 52 to 77 points. So really, all that Joshua Sang needs to do to get into, based on the year, the Calder talk is 50 points. Well, he scored 39 last season. He was on pace for 39 last season. And that's not assuming he's going to get, he's not getting any better. And, and he should. A kid of his age, he's 21, if I'm not mistaken, should be getting better this year. So in 2017, 2018, Joshua Sang should, should be getting better than his 39 points. And the NHL.com, in their, like, their fantasy ratings, put out that Joshua Sang should hit 49 points. They project him to hit 49 points. That's right there. That's right on that edge. You know, five points, four points there. And he gets into that Calder talk at, at at least at the base level. And I I, I don't see how anyone can think. And, and you, I remember you wrote, was it uh, Joshua saying over under on uh, uh, on forty points? And everyone said over. Maybe one person to be like a troll said under, but everyone said over in sixty points. That's Calder talk. That is a Calder caliber player right there. Yeah, and like when I was. Because in those series, I usually do like a case for the over and then a case for the under. The only case that I had for the under was like injury and sophomore slump, maybe. And those are like, you know, you're grasping at straws. Mm-hmm. In all likelihood, you would think that 50 points isn't out of the realm of possibilities. And I think 50 points is kind of where you'd have to be to be considered in the conversation. And if he does improve based off last year, he should be in great shape. Absolutely. And like I've seen arguments made that it depends on who's around him. Well, Joshua saying last year wasn't um, a dependent on, on, on people's lines. He wasn't just waiting for other people to make the plays. He was the one making the plays. He's that pass-first guy. You put him on a line with Brock Nelson, who's a finisher, that might work. 
because Josh Rosang's going to do all the lugging. He's going to be the one bringing that puck in. He's going to be the one creating the space. He's just got to wait for Bronco Nelson to get in position, which he can do, and shoot, which he, again, can do. So, yeah, I think I think it doesn't really matter who you put him on a line with unless you're putting him with, like, you've got to teach him the defensive side of the game. God, don't put him on a fourth line. I will rip out what little hair I have if Doug Wade puts him on a fourth line to learn, like, the defensive side of the game. He doesn't need to. That's not what they had him here. That, think of Al Arbor. When, when Mike Bossy was with the Islanders back in the day and he asked Al Arbor, should I worry about my defensive game? Arbor said, hey, we didn't bring you here to play defense. We brought you here to score some goals. Don't worry about the defensive play. Same thing Joshua saying, don't worry about the defensive play. We were not here to beat Casey Zizekas. We have him already. You said it perfectly. And if, Thank you. If anyone can revive Brock Nelson, it's <laughs> okay. Josh Hosang. Yeah. So I loved that comparison that you made saying that, I, I, you know, because I do think Nelson is, he has talent, right? Mm-hmm. It's just consistency. If Hosang can continuously set him up for scoring opportunities, maybe this is the year he eclipses the 30-goal mark. But oh, I, that'd be great. That would be fantastic. But uh, I I agree. I don't think it's necessarily Hosang needs to be put with like an elite playmaker in order to put up 50 points. I think if he's with competent forwards, he should be able to be in that 45, 50 plus point range. Absolutely agree. Like I I, I couldn't say it any better. I I just I just don't see it. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to think he's going to be worse. And like <laughs> sorry. Again, it's possible that he's worse. Be that he has a sophomore slump that, you know, his naivety or his hubris gets the best of him. And it just his his attitude just takes over and he thinks he's too big and he's bigger than the club and that, that filters in through his production. That's possible, but that's like you said, that's grasping at some straws. I don't know. I don't I don't see him progressing in year two. I think he's matured each year. I know obviously back in the day, twenty fourteen he had those issues with oversleeping and stuff like that and how getting a bad rep but i think he's really turned around and matured and if he stays on that straight and narrow path which he's been on i don't see why he's not putting up 50 plus points yeah agreed um let's move to stuff that we might not necessarily agree on um at least just a little bit Okay. So you wrote something the other day about uh the three hot takes for the 2017 2018 season now let's go through those one by one and let's see if you can convince me on all of them i think you can convince me on at least one the last uh, two you can convince me on at least two i don't think you'll be able to convince me on a third okay my first hot take for you yeah ryan pulak leading the team in power play goals he had five in bridgeport last year but it was only in f- like 55 games, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he played more than fifth, more than 60 games last year. Um, he's known to be a power play guru. Um, if you watch the Florida Panthers series, especially in game three, he was a monster on the power play on that five-on-three, um, beating Luongo there and getting the Islanders back in that game. The Islanders' power play isn't that great to begin with, um, See, Anders you, Lee, n- not great is putting it nicely. 
They were ranked 28th in the league with, I think it was 15.1% deficiency. Only Uh, the Avalanche and the Vancouver Canucks, who had, I think, respectively 12 point something and 14% were worse. Yeah, okay. So they're god-awful. How's that, Mitch? (laughs) Yeah, it's better. Okay. So Anders Lee led the way with nine power play goals. Yeah. Let's say that... Let's use either eight or nine as that number again. I think Pulak can put up that many power play goals, and that would put him at least in the conversation of leading the way in PPGs. Um, so this one I, I tend to I, – I lean towards the agree more than the disagree. Um, like you said, 5 and 55 is a, is a .9, so times 82 – we're looking at seven, seven and a half. So, you know, you round that up to eight. eight. Mm-hmm. Is <clears throat> based off what he did last year in Bridgeport with teammates like Bracken Kearns, um, for the most part. You know, Josh was saying, sure, it was there. Uh, but he's going to be going into the NHL. And, and to be, let's start this off by saying we're assuming he's in the NHL next season. He should be. There's no reason he should be in the AHL. It's possible, though. Um, when he's in the a- the NHL, he'll have players like John Tavares, and again, Josh saying, or Josh Bailey, or Jordan Eberle, or Nick Letty to, to pass him pucks from the point and, and, and open up space and create opportunities. This, like you said, this probably should be better next year without drastically changing anything. Um, this, pl- this power play should have been, was mid-tier last year. So what changed? Kyle Poso left? That that shouldn't have changed everything here for us. Um, So I'm with you on this, that I I can get down with that. Um, I hope we're wrong only because uh, I hope that Anders Lee continues what he's doing with that that nine power play goals last year. I hope he continues with with, with 10 because there was that, what, like month and a half stretch where he didn't score between October and and Thanksgiving. Yeah, he was stuck on like one goal like Forever, it felt yeah, like. that's right. He scored against San Jose in like the third game of the year and then didn't score again until Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving, I think it was. The yeah, he had, or whatever. yeah, he had like two goals in Los Angeles. Like he just went off and then caught fire after that and put up, mm-hmm. what, 30 so, more? I, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm hesitant with you, but I, I, I'm with you. Okay. My hot take number two is a move at the trade deadline. Now, I'm prefacing this by saying I don't think the Islanders are going to be out of it. I think they, for this scenario, let's say they're in a wild card spot. Okay. I think they're moving Jason Chimera at the trade deadline, and here's why. Okay. Matt Barzell, Hosang, and maybe not so much Hosang, but more so Barzell, Beauvillier, Kuhleman, and Chimera are all fighting for three spots. You would hope that the Islanders go with youth in Barzal and Beauvillier for two out of the three. And then it's a toss-up between Kuhlman and Chimera. Maybe they split time as healthy scratches. Sure, okay. To me, Kuhlman doesn't have any value in a trade. With his cap hit, with his lack of offensive production, I don't think you're getting much back for him, if anything. Chimera, I think, could be a good addition to a team that is looking to make a deep playoff run who needs a secondary score. He's coming off two 20-goal seasons. 
He has a cap hit of $2.25 million this year. And if he's not playing every day with the Islanders, why wouldn't you, if you're Garth Snow, say, all right, I'll ride out with Nikolai Kuhlman on my third line and give the budding Barzell and Beauvillier ice time every night and maybe get something in return for Tremere instead of just losing him anyway at the end of the year? Yeah, I, I'm with you in the, in the idea of not losing him for nothing. But but I think where you lose me is, is on where when that they're in the playoffs. Um, not that I don't think they they will they won't make the playoffs. I think the Islanders make the playoffs next year. Um, but if they're in it, I don't think they sell. And may, maybe you know again, it makes sense to sell to get something rather than nothing. But it it just Garsno doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to be that cold and say like, well, I'm not going to get any more for you later. This is as much as I can get for you right now. Uh, I'm going to do it now while the iron's hot. Uh, I just don't see it. It does. It, to me, it doesn't fit with his mo. Uh, I think he sees it out with both Chimera and Kuhleman. Maybe he resigns Kuhleman. Keep in mind, Kuhleman's only thirty-one, and um, they keep him on for let's say like like a uh, Chimera money two point two five. I think Kuhleman would sign that. I think the Islanders would be happy to take off that almost two million dollars off the cap. But I, I really think they see it through with most of their UFAs and just try to sign him again next year for a lower number. Um, and if not, see you later. At least Kuhlman and Chimera and Gionta, I guess. I just don't <clears throat> necessarily... I know it would be considered a sell because you're not going to get NHL-ready caliber of a player back for him. Um, but I don't know it's necessarily making the Islanders that much worse. Are you really going to be crying over losing a 13th forward? No, no, no. It, it's. It, I think that that's what I'm saying is that I don't think that Gar Snow is. It, it's in his mo to ship someone out cold like that. I, I, yeah. I just don't see it. That one might be a little bit of a stretch. I just thought because I was thinking more along the lines at first was like they should be looking to move Kuhlman's contract, but I don't think you're going to be able to do that. But to me, Chimera actually has value that. I think you could move him and then say, hey, I'm going to give Barzal and Beauvillier ice time every single night. Because yeah. if, I'll tell you this, if Kuhleman, if both Kuhleman and Chimera are in the lineup every night and it's Barzal, Beauvillier alternating healthy scratches, I'd be pretty pissed. Listen, I'll give you this much. If, if we come to the trade deadline and Barzal's ice time is an issue, I think we have bigger problems. I don't think we're in a playoff picture if that's the case. Okay, and that's probably fair. I would agree with that. If there's if he's not getting ice time, if he's getting Bovillier ice time from last year under Capuano, where he was getting like nine minutes a night, there's a problem. This guy should be the second line center because you you look at the center depth chart, it goes Tavares, Lee is kind of listed as a center, but we all know he's not a center. Casey Zizekas, okay, that's your fourth line center. Brock Nelson, Stephen Gianta, Alan Quine. Oh my God! Like Gianta Quine, probably pretty good fourth line centers, and you bump Casey Zizekas to the third line. You're still missing a second line center. So Anders Lee, no, no, you put him on the wing on that first line. So who's your second line center? Josh Bailey. Did you hear that? I just heard like Isles Twitter explode off in the distance. <laughs> I felt it in the force. Josh Bailey running the second line. Oh my God! Oh my all God. the Isles realists are, are are killing themselves right now. Like they can't deal with it. Um, 
So I, I, I don't I don't see it. If the Islanders are out of a playoff spot, sure. I think definitely Chimera's gone. I think Kuhleman's probably gone. They'll probably send them off for like a second, third, maybe in fourth round, depending. They'll get whatever they can get for those two guys. Sure. Okay. Let me see if I could sell you on this last hot take. Okay. And I have to warn you, the listener, it's a little evil, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you, though? You're I'm not really. I'm a little sorry that my brain concocted this. Okay. Lay my on. last hot take is Josh Bailey signs an extension before John Tavares. And I think that would be the straw that would ba- break the metaphorical camel that is eyes on Isle Twitter. Nah, it was back. easy for you to say. Yeah, that didn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Mitch. I know come what on. you meant. Um... So I, I already I already read it, so I already knew what, what it was coming up, and I agree with you. I really do. I think it, like, if the Islanders put a four by four deal in front of Josh Bailey, he signs right away, no matter what. Tavares is going to wait for the arena. He's going to wait, and the arena, based off of what Newsday's Randy Marshall said, bro, we're probably not going to find out if they're successful with their RFP until like January, which. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge is kind of what I said a few months back. Like, Tavares is going to wait until this comes out come January. Mm-hmm. So we have until January to sign anything. Now, it's entirely possible that no one signs anything during the regular season because it, it, it's, it seems to be a growing trend where players don't want to have that, that, that distraction of a contract negotiation while they're playing, and they're more willing to just wait it out to the end of the season and get it done in the few weeks before um, the... Uh, unrestricted free agency window opens on July 1st. So it's possible that that it doesn't get done until then on both counts. But I I can see a scenario where if the Islanders come to Josh Bailey and say, we just want to lock you up with a 4 by 4 deal, he signs for sure. How I would have to tip my cap to Garth Snow if he pulled that off because that would be the most ultimate and savage troll job in the history of troll jobs. (laughs) Everyone is sitting here patiently awaiting a John Tavares contract. And then could you imagine he just comes in and slaps a nice Josh Bailey four by four deal in the middle of January as we're waiting for Tavares to sign. Oh, you get the, the, the the Twitter notification on your, on your phone. Islanders sign (gasps) Josh Bailey. No, that's not the J O that I wanted to start with. (laughs) Yeah. I literally, I think that might be the thing that breaks Isles Twitter. Like the tracking the plane last year was pretty <laughs> wild. Like the Duchesne rumors were very entertaining back in June. This would cause complete meltdown. Dumpster fire gifts, dogs sitting in burning kitchen gifts would become <laughs> flying out of everywhere. It would be nuts. Um, but again, I, I, I see a scenario where that absolutely happens. Yeah, and more plausible than not, right? Because again, Tavares will wait for the arena. Josh Bailey isn't John Tavares. We all know yeah. that to be fact. Um, if the Islanders give him a deal, and if they've talked a deal with Josh Bailey, he's gonna sign it because he doesn't have the the power that John Tavares has. He just doesn't. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would he wait? He doesn't have the the, the leverage to say no, no, Garth. I want to see how this Brooklyn deal works out. No, no. Josh Bailey's go, I need monies now. 
I need monies. I need guaranteed monies. Sign. I will sign. Yeah, if they offered him $4 million a year, Josh Bailey would be the happiest person alive. I think so. And, and, and I guess it all depends on what his production is, right? And I think that's why they haven't done anything, is that the Islanders are saying, okay, we don't know if you're a 30-point player. We don't know if you're a 56-point player. The whole Ryan Strom debate all over again. We don't know exactly what you are. So we're not going to pay you based off of a single year fifty-six mil, uh, at 56 points. 56 million. My God, Josh Bailey is going to be crazy. <laughs> um, we're going to wait and see. So if they come to January and he's putting up, you know, he's already got his 30 points, you're going, okay, he's already hit the threshold of what we didn't want from him. So he's already halfway to the 60-point plateau. 56 points isn't off the pace. We can give him the four. And they might even bump it to four and a half. Josh Bailey can ask for a little bit more there. Uh, maybe even five based on the market. I know that sounds like a lot, but if the market's going the way it's going, five doesn't sound too far-fetched for someone who's at the 60-point plateau. To be fair, he's, what, 27 now? I think he turns 28 in October. Yeah, October 7th, he'll turn 28. So another four years for a 28-year-old, you're still getting most of his peak years. So I don't know. It seems like a good deal. As the self-proclaimed Josh Bailey fanboy <laughs> of Isles Twitter, would you still be okay with if they signed him to a 4 by 4 deal and we're in January and he's got like four goals and 12 assists? No. No, God, no. Because what that's, okay. okay, four goals, 12 assists, 16 points in January. So that's a pace we're assuming he's halfway through the year. That's a 32-point pace. No, 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 no. That is, you wait to the trade deadline and you see what you can get for Josh Bailey if that's his pace. Okay. I just had, I just had to check if the Kool-Aid was still flowing through you. At that oh, the, the Kool-Aid is still very much there, but like, come on. And like we say in French, push me, push again. So push, but push equally here. And that's not pushing equally with Josh Bailey being a tire fire and saying, like, can he get a raise? <laughs> no, he can't get a raise. Come on now. Oh my God. But, okay, spin zone. Yeah. What if he then goes, okay, look at my buddy Cal, look at my buddy Casey. <laughs> they are grinders, and they just got long-term five-year deals. I am now going to drop my point production and then become a grinder, and Garth is going to sign me to a five-year deal. Do, do you in any – I know this is spin zone. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it spins that much in the spin zone where Josh Bailey becomes a grinder. No, I just – he uses That's his what, like five foot eight frame? How big? Oh, he's six one. He's a lot bigger than I thought. Six one two ten. He's the smallest six one two ten I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. That's a big guy at two ten six one. Come on, Josh Bailey. God, you. That's, throw your that's what it says. That's what it says on his license. He's really five eleven one ninety. Even Cal Clutterbuck five eleven two eighteen. I'm taller than Cal Cal Clutterbuck. I don't weigh as much. That's for sure, but. You know, give me give me some creatine in the gym, and maybe I'll hit two eighteen in a couple of years. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't see Josh Bailey ever ever being a grinder. He's just not the type of player. He's just not. No, but those are my three hot takes. I think I got you on two or three, so I'm yeah. I'm all right with that. Definitely two or three. Uh, next, we will talk about our big topic. We'll get back to some rookie talk, and we'll go over the rookie camp lineup, and we'll talk about. All the players there and what we should know and what we should expect. Rookie camp is here. Sort of. 
kind of. It's here in two days. We're recording this on Wednesday, September 6th. Rookie camp opens Friday, September 8th. That's a Friday, right? Yeah, tomorrow's... Yeah. Uh, and Arthur Staple tweeted out... I'm just going to bring it up now because obviously I wasn't prepared and didn't have it up. Um, tweeted out the roster, and I think it's 26 players. It's 20-something players. Two goalies, a bunch of defensemen, and a bunch of forwards. Um, and it's... I would say, like, what, what would you call that, that that list of players? Like, the recurring cast? Maybe not recurring cast, but everyone who you thought was supposed to be there? Except for Ryan Pulak, maybe? Yeah, but like he pointed out, he's been there often enough. Like, do they do they really need to have him there? True, I'd argue, yeah, do you really need Sean Dersey? But you know, whatever. There were some names on that list. Obviously, there were a lot that was expected. You know, Barza, <laughs> Hosang, you know, those guys, but... I'm not going to lie. There are some names on that list where I was like, I have no idea who that person is. Oh, heck yeah. Mitch Gilliam goalie. Or Gilliam. Gilliam. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Who the heck is that guy? Uh, I'm going to write a piece on, on every one of them. Uh, not all of them. One on with everyone on it. So I'll find out who he is. But at this moment, I, I've never heard of his name. I'm going to look it up now. Find out. Mitch Gilliam. Who the heck are you? And how do you pronounce your name? I believe it's Gilliam. G-I-L-A-M. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Uh, there's something from the Peterborough Examiner. What? Okay. Yeah, let's let's bring him up here. Uh, Mitch Gillum, Mitchell Gillum, uh, from Peterborough. He played for the for Cornell University. Had uh, 2.25 goals against average, and a 9.17 before the ad showed up. Yeah, 9.17 save percentage in 34 games. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Three years ago, he, po- he posted a 1.99 save percentage in a, or sorry, goals against and a 9.27 save percentage at Cornell. Huh. The more you know. Alrighty then. Welcome aboard. Yeah, although he played two games in the ECHL last year, uh, 6.34 goals against average and 8.33 save percentage. Ooh. But, you know, small sample size. Small sample size. True. And to be fair, it's the ECHL. Um, so yeah, like you said, there are some names that obviously should be there: Matthew Barzal, Kiefer Bellows, Michael Del Cole, Joshua Sang. In terms of forwards, and we got Sebastian Aho, Devin Taze, Mitchell Vandesampel, Parker Wertherspoon in defense, and then clearly we got Mitch Gillum and even McAdams in net. Um, just just looking at that roster, what 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 could you expect? What what would you expect from this? Who's going to be the standout player? Outside of the obvious of like a Josh Hosang or Barzal, not even no, no. We'll, we'll just like who's who should stand out. What's the main storyline that you want to see from this, this this group of players? Okay, I think Hosang's <laughs> gonna dominate, kind of like what happened at mini camp back in June. Um, I am excited to see Aho and Bellows. I am very high on Kiefer Bellows. I am very much done with Michael Dal Cole. But we, we talked about we, this earlier, yeah. Yeah, we can, we can go into more depth with that if you want, but I I think Bellows is on the rise. I think Aho is going to be a pretty nice prospect, so those are the two that I'm going to be looking for. Okay. Um, the, the main storyline I want to see out of here is, will the real Michael Dalco please stand up? And borrow a phrase from Eminem here. Um, so we drafted, what, fifth overall in 2014? 
He had great yeah. junior seasons where he's putting up 90, 88 points. And then he goes to Bridgeport and he puts up, I believe it was 40, 41 points in 54 games. And you're like, what the heck? Where did, what happened? And it, it, that's still pretty good, though. 41 points at the AHL level is still pretty good for a player. Um, it's just not great. You want more out of a guy that you drafted fourth overall. Sorry, fifth overall. Mitch, he was a top five draft pick yeah. three years ago. He, there's only four remaining players who were selected in the first round of that draft who haven't made their NHL debut yet, and he's one of them, and he was a top five pick. <laughs> okay, yeah, I am yeah. not too happy with Michael Dalcole. Okay, sure, he, he's nearing the bus territory. Um, not bus, but B-U-S-T, bust territory. Sure, but like I, I can't. I can't award him that yet because he, he still did pretty well at the AHL last year. I think it's a matter of circumstance for him where there are players that are just better than he is. Like Adele, like sorry, I was going to say his own name. Like Hosang and Barzal. They're just, they're just better than he is. And, and maybe he can reach their level. He just needs more time to get there. But if, if those two weren't there, he'd be in the NHL by now. Even, but even Beauvillier leapfrogged him. That's true. three guys, That's and I true. even I even think Bellows leapfrogged him, and he was drafted in 2016. That's four uh, We'll see about Bellows. Bellows is still playing WHL next year. This is true. I'm I might just be very high on Bellows <laughs> personally, but maybe maybe. But that that's what I'm looking for out of this is is to see exactly what happens with with Michael Delacole because I am a little worried with him. Yes, we could definitely be worried. I'm done with him. Hashtag done. Mitch is still holding out hope. I am trying to drag him over to my side of the fence. It's fun over here. We're, you can <laughs> hang out with done. the other Isles realists. Oh, I'll still be clear. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's definitely greener on this side of the fence, my friend. <laughs> Probably um, true. I wanted to ask you one question before we go into our social portion. Sure. Um, it's not necessarily about rookie camp. It's about training camp. And Do you think that Gar Snow is going to sign any PTOs or bring anyone in that's under a PTO hmm. come training camp? Like he did last year with Steven Gianta, and um, who was the other one he brought in? I forget who the other one I he forget. was brought it in. It doesn't matter, but I'm going to say yes, because <clears throat> I just, I don't, if I had to pick a name for who I think it would be, I have no idea, but I could oh, just see fine. him coming in out with another one. You can't have enough enough depth where the, the summer of depth is going to continue into the fall of depth. and The fall of fit. depth. That sounds he's, ominous. It does, right? That could be like a book or something. The, the fall, fall of death. death. Uh, but yeah, I could totally see the him bringing someone in who's like 35 and a borderline AHL. Or... See, I don't. I think if he brings anyone into training camp to fill up numbers, he just brings up one of these kids. I mean, really? that would make more sense. Like, why not give Bellows an extended look? Why not give, you know, if someone does, uh, does well at camp, like a Jeff Kubiak. Why not? Or Kyle Shemp or Travis St. Denis. Why not? Or Matthew Gaudreau. Bring him in. What do you got to lose? Why bring in someone that you don't, you're, you're not going to need anyways? These kids are not going to need anyways. You're going to be sending them back to where they came from or you're going to be sending them back to the, the AHL. Why not give them an extended stay and, and increase their exposure of the quote-unquote Islander culture? Why not? What do you got to lose? Nothing. I, Everything to gain. Yeah, I think that logic makes a lot more sense. I'm just going based off recent track history yeah, uh, yeah I think that's true that's why yeah yeah history isn't on my side for this one 
Um, let's get to some, some what's going on in Twitter here. Um, so if you have anything you want to tell us via Twitter, make sure to use hashtag IslesPod, all one word, I-S-L-E-S-P-O-D. Um, and, and we'll make sure to read it up over here. So uh, the first thing that I wanted to bring up, maybe first, first and only thing I wanted to bring up was um, Arthur Staple tweeted out something um, that didn't necessarily fly under the radar, but we didn't we didn't cover it. Um, he tweeted it out yesterday on the fifth, saying that Andrew Ladd on Tavares talks. I'm reading it out verbatim here. I think we know more in here than everyone else on the outside, so we're comfortable where it's at. This is Andrew Ladd talking about the Tavares contract situation. I have one question, Mr. Andrew Ladd. Can you tell us what you know? Or could you tell Tavares yes. to tell us what you know? Because we'd like to be just as comfortable as you are, please. Please share any and all information you have, Mr. Andrew Ladd. I would like to feel comfy about the John Tavares contract negotiations right now. My stomach is still in knots over it, so I am not too confident. But I would just, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I would just like to know. Just please, just tell me why you think that he's going to stay. Yeah, like that's all. That's all I want to know. And I understand why it shouldn't come from Andrew Ladd because that's not his place. I get that. That's fine. That's why I said like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, Tavares maybe say something a little bit more than just I want to keep it personal. And, and again, that's his right. He's allowed to do that. It just if everyone else is comfortable with this situation. I'd like to know. And maybe Andrew Ladd is just saying this as a PR, kind of like, let's calm the masses. Well, it didn't work. I'm not any more calm because I, now I know there's information out there that I'm I'm missing. Now my mind is racing. Okay, if anything, well, it's sort of spec up. Exactly. Exactly. Now I'm speculating, okay, what do they know? Do they, do they have a contract already decided and they're just really waiting for the RFP to come out? And if it doesn't, is that really the, the nail in the coffin? Is, is it just like there's a binary process where – when the RFB comes out and it's no, Tavares is gone the next second. And if it's yes, we're good to go on the ten to twelve million dollar contract. Garcia has stuffed under his his desk. Like I, I want to know, and and, and I understand. I understand. Like I don't have a right to know necessarily. I just have an incredible desire, an insatiable desire. Maybe not insatiable because it can be satiate. I don't know what the word is for that. In French, we don't have a word I for don't that. Know. Um, I can be appeased by him eventually signing, but I, I want to know. I want to know. Oh, God, I want to know. What if? How would you feel if John Tavares just went complete heel turn for his normal self and came out and did a press conference and was like, listen, I will sign once the arena situation is settled, but until then, I will not commit long-term because we don't have a long-term home. Would you feel happy about it? Would you feel more anxious about it? Um, I would feel anxious about it because that means that John Tavares' fate is in the hands of the state, um, which is what I'm assuming already. That That's my, my current understanding of the situation. That's the, uh, that's the life I'm living right now, is that New York State is responsible for Tavares staying or going. That's scary. It's it's terrifying, but that that's where I'm at right now mentally, um, <clears throat> as as most people are. Uh, would I be okay with that? Yeah, I guess so, because he's confirming what I already think. Um, is that the smartest PR move? Probably not, because a team can come out and be like, oh, my God, that's not the – we don't want that from our leadership. 
Uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't do that because it doesn't make any sense for them to p- throw him under the bus. Again, Tavares has all the leverage here. He can do whatever he wants. He could either say something or nothing, and it wouldn't matter to his negotiation. He's still getting top dollar from the team. Exactly. I, I agree. I think I'd feel, not that Tavares would ever do that, but I just would feel a little bit more at ease with the situation and settled yeah. with at least we know what's going on. Exactly. Uh, what else is going on in Isles Twitter? Did you, you got anything you want to go over? Yes. Josh Hosang dropped oh, a picture of yes. his fresh new skates and I like ye. They oh, I are, like ye a lot. They are black. And in case you didn't know what number he wore, he put it in gigantic <laughs> white letters on the side of his skate. <laughs> a big old six right next to another big old six. If that wasn't rain out there today. That was actually tears migrating from Pittsburgh over to <laughs> New York of them crying and being all salty. But I am ready to drink up those tears. Give it to me. I We both said it. We're all in on this Josh Hosang kid. Give me more of it. I love it. I want to see him in those opening night. Oh, God. I, well, see, this is where we differ a bit. We, we, we spoke about this before where I don't think the NHL lets him wear him. I think the NHL does like the NFL with with Odell and says you can't wear these outrageous custom skates. You can't. I don't think they're going to let him. What's outrageous about him? They're they're black and they're white and has his number on it. It's not like they're pink. Well, we're talking about the customization of the boot outside of the stock customization made by like CCM or made by Bauer or Nike. Um, We're we're talking about a an artistic customization. So okay. We're, and we're also talking about the incredibly conservative NHL here. Let's just keep that in mind. If that is the case, then I am coming full force after Alexander Ovechkin and his dumb yellow laces. Because that <laughs> is worse than having a white number on the side of your boot. I, again, I, I, I don't disagree. I can see you like uh, in, in Manhattan outside of the NHL office being the only guy out there like... Get rid of OV skates. So if anyone sees a really tall, redheaded guy with a sign in, in Manhattan, that's Matt. He's going to protest Alex Ovechkin's yellow laces. But like, laces are just a, just a color, and they can change. And of course, like you can have pink ones for breast cancer. I'm surprised they haven't done that before. Um, but they're just they're just laces. And, and, and I'm not saying that that's how I view it. I'm just saying that that's how the NH- I feel the NHL is going to see it. They're just laces. It's principle, when- Mitch. Exactly. So when you start changing the boot itself, you open the door. So while, yes, if there, I can listen to an argument of, well, Alex Ovech can open the door for what Joshua Sang is doing. Sure. But Joshua Sang did it. And I think that's where the NHL goes like, sorry, we're not having any of that. No boot customization. It's staying the way it is. So if the NFL's the no fun league, then what's the NHL? The no something. It's got to be something with an H. That's bad. The no, uh, no happiness league. No happiness league. There we go. I don't know. That, that's that's a that's a lame one. I'm gonna say that's lame, but we'll we'll stick for for now. We'll figure something more clever when we're not on the spot. We're not. I'm okay. not the cleverest when it comes to quibs like that. No, and I did put you on the spot right there. Yeah, so. thanks a lot. Might be. <laughs> But I, yeah, if that is the case, I am heading to NHL headquarters, picket fences and everything, saying, make Ovi change his laces if you're taking away my man Joshua Sank skates. Yeah, we'll see. 
Um, what else? What else we got over here? We had a very, very funny picture. Uh, it was Josh, not Josh. Wow, too much Josh was saying talk. It was <laughs> <laughs> that is not helping our case for a not Josh Hosang propaganda vehicle. Um, we had John Tavares pictured with a bystander today. Some guy, <laughs> some guy. You might have heard of him, Steph Curry, an NBA champion, and I think he's an NBA MVP too. Probably. Yeah, yeah. He got the NBA MVP. Um, the first year they won a championship, I believe. Yeah. So, Mitch, what do you think that conversation was like between oh, Steph man. and John? Uh, can we act it out? Let's act it out on the spot. Let's act it out. Uh, okay. I want to be Steph because I'm not really good at being a robot. All right, I'll be I'll be John then. I guess we'll <laughs> see how this conversation <laughs> would have went. Because <laughs> I, I think I think it'd be pretty interesting. Okay. Um, let me uh, <clears throat> clear my throat, get some water here. Mm. Okay. Doing impersonations with a sore throat. Awesome. <clears throat> uh, you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, clearly, it seems like John Tavares is the one that initiated contact here. Probably. Yeah. Hey, hey, Steph. Congrats on the second championship. Oh, who are you again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, it was, it was good. You know, two championships. It's pretty good. Hey, question for you. What's it like playing in a purpose-made basketball complex? That must be pretty nice. It's amazing. Going to the Oracle is like, you know, it's like a religious experience, man. You, you, you just, the crowd, oh, it's just, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I heard. Must be nice. But like, you know, you have a nice building, right? I mean, like, Barclays is nice. You know, maybe it's just because we beat the Nets all the time, but you know, it's nice, isn't it? Let's just let's just get this round started. This round of golf started. Get your mind off of things. Don't worry about the contract. Don't worry about Barclays. Let's just play some golf. Okay. Uh, one one more question for you, Steph. Can you get Bob Myers to call Gareth Snow? What was that, John? <laughs> End scene. That was a great improv session right there, Mitch. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Uh, the curtains fade to black. We bow. Rose petals, rose petals. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom for all the support. Anyways, I won't get into my acceptance speech. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it went. Um, I think so, too. Yeah. Do you think he knew who he was? He being Steph Curry about John Tavares? No shot. John Tavares can walk down the streets of Manhattan and not get recognized. I don't think Steph Curry knows who John Tavares is. Do you think he knows who the Islanders are? So he, yes. Tavares is there with all the Islanders captains. So I'm sure he must have like clued in at a certain point. Yeah, may, maybe. I don't know. I, I, he must know that the Islanders exist. I don't, but I don't think he would recognize John Tavares without his helmet and pads on. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, well, it made for fun watching, and you know maybe they they got talking about how to win a championship, and um, or how to have your GM be as outstanding as Bob Myers is. But you know maybe not. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> do you have anything else you want to go over, my friend? No, I think we we pretty much hit on everything. Uh, it was a good show. I was glad to be back this week. 
Yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, as much as I enjoy talking to to Sean Tierney, it's good to have my Isles buddy, and not 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 some guy. I don't I don't know what team he cares for. I don't think he cares for any team. He's got to remain unbiased, stuck to the numbers. Um, but next week we bring on Rob Tobb from at Isles Blog um, to talk over. Mainly, he's got the, this thing he's doing now, which is the thirty questions on Isles Blog. We'll go over that with him next week on the show. Um, and as always, make sure to rate, review, and of course, listen to the show wherever you get your your podcasts. So on iTunes, on Blog Talk Radio, or any other podcatcher you got out there. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, interact with everything we do, and definitely make sure to check out the website, eyesonisles.com, where we cover everything New York Islanders. Matt, do you have any closing statements you'd like to grace us with? Not even. No, that is nothing. it. Nope. Uh, I got nothing. You put me on spot again. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. You too, man. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.